Welcome to the show. Yeah. We are in the time of the year where we are doing NFL draft previews. This year we're doing the 2020 NFL draft preview. And the Cincinnati Bengals hold the number one pick in each round. Exciting. It's very exciting. Very exciting. I mean, you talk about they've won free agency, now they're going to win the draft. And, 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 and so you look at uh, the first round and a lot of great prospects out there. You yeah. know, I mean, the Bengals put out a video of all the top QB prospects they could target. So there's a lot of conversation. It's to be raining had. QBs. Hallelujah. Yeah. A lot of different ideas of who they could go with. Of course, there's the Ohio State guy, Chase Young, you know, best uh, pass rusher we've seen in a while. So, yeah. so much to discuss. But in the end, I have a feeling... Your biting we- sarcasm is, 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 is sensed. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a hole-in-one. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the one Dalmatian out of 99 Dalmatians. It's the obvious choice for everybody, really. There's right. no question about it. Let the haters hate. Let the people who say it's not going to happen go somewhere else and not say that. I saw an article uh, the other day saying that, uh, oh, uh, these are three picks better than, than Burrow or something like, oh, get out of my face. Out of my face. I am a Bengals fan. I've been suffering for too long to listen to such lies. Okay? There is one choice for the Cincinnati Bengals. One. And that is Burrow. And that's the only choice. There is no debate. There's no discussion. If you want to call this, a, 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 you know, tyranny, if you want to call this a, I don't know, unfair thing, that's fine. But this is our guy. We're putting claims on dibs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean I mean uh, I mean you look at all the different factors. And you look at uh, Burrow's ability to create, to escape pressure, to uh, you look at his resiliency, his leadership, his Ohioness, if that is Yeah, well, Ohioness is quite the quite the adjective. Yes, very important the quality of He's very Ohio. Yeah. Um I feel like John's got quite a bit of Ohioness. John does. You're going to say that? Why, why, why would you say that? I well, let's think about it. Let's, oh, like, about it. Let's, let's, let's break down John. Let's break a, John down. So, yeah. So John, yeah. So John, he is... is he's, he lives he's, in Ohio. He lives in Ohio. He was born in Ohio. Born in Ohio. He chooses to stay in Ohio. He has stayed after in Ohio. College, he's a Bengals fan. He's a Bengals fan. Even though the Bengals really don't give him a lot of reason to be fan. And... John, I mean, I don't. I hope. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't want to cause cause you followers. I, I, I don't know, man. But like, that's like you, you gave me three qualities. Well, Burr only has two. So is Burr like two thirds the Ohioan that I am? Yeah, you are the most. You are the top. John, you would be my number one pick. Yeah, if yeah. you were in the draft. Yeah, but you're not. You. You're not in the draft, so you're not our number one pick. You're our number one pick for this show. We drafted yeah. you, John. Oh, oh John. The when we young. drafted John, he was 19 years old. He was a Generation Z. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was just. He was just figuring out life. Yeah. Figuring out what he likes, what he doesn't like. He's exploring. He's exploring sports, and we talked him into football. Yeah, we're like, hey, but, John, maybe you should watch a little football, learn a little yeah. analysis, man. Yeah, I sent him all these tapes, and uh, and he was watching our show, which I think that's where he learned most of the stuff about football. He learned a lot John, of really, the terminology from our. From our lies at one point. 
We're waiting for you to blow up. This is how it works. We keep poking the balloon until it explodes. But it looks what? like you're not gonna. I you're not picking the bait. My story any better though. So yeah. yeah well, so anyway, enough about that. that. So, okay. So enough yeah. about John. Yeah. So so I mean, you think about the Ohio factor. Okay. He's uh, got the Ohio. What else does he got, Daddy? Go. Well, well, I mean, you know. Fancy feet. Guy, Have you ever heard? This is a very technical term does, in the football yeah, fancy, world. Yeah. It's called fancy feet. He has yeah, fancy feet. Yeah. You know, Barry fancy Sanders. Feet, yeah. Okay, so let me just explain to the to the amateur viewers Please. out there. Please. Fancy feet is when you can step back and kind of jiggle jaggle. Jiggle jaggle is when you take the ball and you go like, set hook, right? Okay. And then okay. you kind of move around and then people are, are trying to tackle you. This is called oh, tackling. And then you kind of do the fancy feet and then you, whoosh, you throw oh. it away. Yeah, or no, you throw it to a receiver. He's got yeah. a... Andy Dalton was a great quarterback. Didn't right. have, and he had not so fancy feet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did kind of get the uh, cold feet in the primetime game. <laughs> That's true. He has cold feet. Yeah, he cold feet. But but we okay. again, we're looking for a guy with fancy feet. Fancy feet. Got it, John. I I, I I'm surprised you haven't heard of this term before. The uh, fancy feet. Yeah. The the old FF. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Daddy has pretty much a staple. Like I, I was concerned, I was concerned why you weren't using the acronym with with that. But no one has more fancy feet than Burrow in this class. Like Tua yeah. had an argument in terms of maneuvering the pocket, but yeah. I, th- I think in terms of resetting his feet and able to put himself in a p- good position to throw to escape right. pressure, no, no one has wow. the fancier feet than Joe Burrow. Whoa. Yeah. So Hoji was actually making sense. Mm-hmm. He was, he, was a, he was a quarterback's coach. This is, this is yeah. no, no. Yeah, you didn't know. You didn't know that. that I did. That Malibu High. I know. I know. Malibu yeah. High. Yeah, I remember. It so was look, online. I was an online coach. But it let's was be in, honest. In let's be honest. Let's be honest. When you're talking about Burrow, it's yeah. one of the rare cases where you really have to scrape the barrel to find the cons, the the, the weaknesses to his Not game. really. He's got one big con. Weak arm. Not weak, but it's weak not. Players. No, it, that's the thing. It's not really weak. So let's talk about what they mean when they say weak. But who are. cares? His deep passes are accurate. We're yeah. not talking. We're not talking. Uh, you know, previous. I won't name names, but previous Bengals quarterback play under throwing type thing. That's not what we're talking about. No. No. Okay. Okay. And, 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 and hold on. And I want to remind the viewers that when Jeff Blake was on the show, he yeah. said the deep ball is a finesse throw. It's not a hard throw. Right. So a lot of these guys with the beautiful, great deep balls, they uh, John is laughing for some reason. Um, I think it's because you said deep balls. It's it, it's oh, a it's deep. A, oh, deep balls. Yeah, it's kind That's, of like a. If yeah. I say deep balls, John laughs. Well, Daddy, uh, you're a very innocent guy. I mean, in our culture, in American culture, it has a. It's called a. It's what we call a double entendre. Double oh, entendre. I'm Go sorry. ahead, though. It's fine. Okay. No, it's okay. So. Uh, the point is, we're not talking about the deep pros. Deep pros look fine, okay? But we're talking about those, you know, there is a, who is Maurice Jones-Drew is talking about the AFC North thing and the cold weather. That's kind of the that's kind of silly. But what we're really talking about is the the hash throws, you know, the, the like 20, 20, 30 yard throws on the sideline, right? You try to squeeze it in there. And uh, according to PFF, he was around 50%, you know, 30 or 56, 53.5% with four touchdowns and three interceptions on such throws. Uh, Quarterback rating of around 80, which is not that great. Those are very difficult throws. Let's be clear, John. Those are very difficult throws. There's very few quarterbacks that are going to have stellar ratings on those throws. You would agree, right, John? 
Yes. I think when you talk about Burrow and when he potentially might have some trouble with in the pros is that sometimes there's going to be tight window throws where he might not have as much juice as a guy like Justin Herbert or as a guy like Jordan Love has. The prop, the, it, the, the thing that can alleviate those concerns, obviously, is that he'll always, his timing with his receivers was impeccable at LSU. He was always on the same page and getting the ball out when he needed to get out. So the, the velocity issues were never a thing. And it's almost like you've heard the term 50-50 balls, right, when it's like a jump ball down the field. And the, the whole proposition with that is that it, 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 it's, it's just a catch. It's just a jump ball. Either the receiver can catch it or the cornerback can make a play on it. His 50-50 balls, Ryan Lowe's, who's a guy on Twitter uh, I follow, when he when he watched Burrow, he said his 50-50 balls were more like 50-0 balls, yeah, where yeah. it was a 50% chance that the receiver could catch it, but a 0% yeah. chance that the, def- that the defensive back can make a play on it. So he would yeah. only put the, his passes in a position where the receiver can make a play. And when yeah. you're talking about those tight window throws you know, in the intermediate section, I think the timing – we, we talked about with this with Dalton as well, where like his timing and his, and his anticipation was a strength. But when he when he was too late to recognize it, it, it would sometimes be kind of a, a, a non-starter. With Burrow, he's always going to read the field in a quick and precise manner. He has complete command over the route concepts that he's examining down the field. He's always going to be in a position to make a timely throw where his velocity or lack of there, thereof is not going to be as big an issue as, if, as it is for other quarterbacks. Now, Dr. Sheeran, if I may, I mean, would you say that the word surgical applies to his throwing style? Because that's what comes to mind, the word surgical. What do you think about that? Sure, because he manages to identify every route on the field in a quick and precise yeah. manner. And and not only that, but he's able to effectively buy time. Like, it's not just about the ability to escape the pocket and to have the athleticism to avoid rushers. He, he will always have two hands on the ball, always in a ready-to-throw position, Always, the eyes are always downfield. He's always running in, in a place where he can have a good base to make a throw whenever he needs to throw. And his throws on the run have been always been very accurate. He doesn't lose yeah. that arm. He doesn't lose that accuracy and that precision when he has to throw on the run or has to make a play yeah. on his own. And by keeping his eyes downfield and by having that arm talent to make throws on the run, that's how you can make other plays other quarterbacks can't. And that's the that's the main factor. That's what separates the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now is the ability to buy time, extend plays, and make accurate throws on the run because you're not always going to have great protection, especially in Cincinnati where the offensive line is still getting put together. He's obviously going to be surgical when he's going to have time, but the ability to turn bad plays into great plays is what's going to separate him from other quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's yeah. looking for the next Mahomes, and I think we've got something that's that's along those lines. I mean, but it's different. Are... No, I mean Mahomes. Mahomes, like his this his is, physical. This is the next Tony Romo. This is the next Tony. Next Romo. Tony Romo. Well, Tony Romo. Yes. Uh, I think I think he has a higher ceiling than Tony Romo. Tony Romo at a time was a top three quarterback easily. Sure, I think Burrow can be better in terms of winning. You know, because I mean, you look at Burrow. And well, sure. uh, I'm, I'm talking about strictly his the intangibles and the mentality. That's a whole thing on yeah, its own. He's yeah. talking about that. It, it, talking, it's hard to quantify that, though. Yeah, yeah. it is. You know it is. I mean? Dad is talking about the swagger factor. In QB coaching, we call that the swagger factor. And physically, physically, he looked tougher than Romo. I'm not saying that. Romo I don't know. I don't know, man. Tony Romo is a pretty tough guy. Romo broke like his clavicle like every year. Well, I mean, the clavicle is not in your own control. Oh, Strict, strictly from a physical yeah. talent standpoint, this is a Tony Romo clone, but, but with the mentality that rivals that of a pain Manning and Tom Brady. So when you combine those two factors, yeah. you get a very special prospect. Yeah, he's almost as if he's but been. He's more of a competitor than Manning. I think so. 
Yeah. Stop nitpicking this. I'm, I'm just trying to make a general point. Yeah, man. Okay. But nuance is the key. Nuance is the key to analysis. Okay. Uh, so, so look, I think we all would be fine with drafting Burrow. And I think the entire Bengals fan base wants us to draft Burrow. And that is great. Now, we get to the second round, things get a little more complicated. They because do. We, we have, you know, uh, we have like 31 teams taking players. We can't just choose the second player in a row. We have to wait for another, you know, 31 teams to choose. Then we get to choose. <laughs> yes. Those are the rules. Now, just Those in case the people out there want to, Daddy was talking about the nature of drafting itself. Exactly. And keeping things. Yes. Exactly. Go ahead. Exactly. You, you got to pick one thing, then you got to pick another thing. Yep. With you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we don't know who's going to be available. We know, we know what positions we need. Well, there's going to be, a, I think the, there's going to be a lot of QB picking early on. We know that this is a QB class. Okay. Well, so, it's a wide receiver class, first and foremost. Right. It's a good QB class, not, not incredible. And I mean, it's, if I may go first, uh, my inclination would be that I'm hoping that in round two, the, the infamous, the infamous T. Higgins will be available for picking. Okay. But this guy, T. Higgins, Higgins is, 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 it's like, you know, it, it, he, he shouldn't be called T. Higgins. He should be called Coffee Higgins because the, he's caffeinated. He's a caffeinated human being. And the man reminds me so much of A.J. Green. And you know what? You can't have too many A.J. Greens on the field. He's going to be a great person to come in, learn under Green, be a receiver that Burrow can just, I mean, this could, it's, we could, they could be talking about like, you know, the Montana Rice revival kind of thing this is like he's he's lanky and yet has a big frame when you get that combination he's lanky he's got a big frame. he can, he can catch he high he can catch low he grabs balls straight out of the air so the, the ball will be flying in the air and he will grab the ball and then he'll shield that ball from the defenders and run right into the end zone he's an end zone target so you can target him when he's in the end zone and yet he's capable of turning the screens into big games so it's really amazing here what we got in T. Higgins. The guy is 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 is, is outstanding. He's the guy we got to pick if he's around. Yeah, I I do think that um, a lot of the stuff you said was technically true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, so we got a comment from Mike uh, Russin. He's yeah. saying he's gonna, he's Higgins is gonna be gone. Yeah. Know, oh. In the first round. Mike, don't do this to me, man. Yeah, but I mean, look, that would mean what? Four receivers going in the first round, John? That'd be a lot, right? I think at least five are going to go in the first round. I'm not sure that Higgins oh. is one of the guys who's confirmed to go in the first round. I think that's more in the lines of Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, yeah. Justin yeah. Jefferson, who played with Joe Burrow, and maybe Denzel Mims. I think Higgins is one thing is that all of all the good things that he does, it's a very he's a very limited athlete, and you have to wonder if he's going to win in the same ways as he did in Clemson, is he going to do that in the NFL with limited speed and explosion? And I think it's like, we, like we've seen players of, of his athletic profile have success. You're talking about yeah. your Michael Thomas's, your DeAndre right. Hopkins's, even yeah. Auden Tate to a certain extent. He's a better athlete than Auden Tate, and we've seen Auden Tate win in limited sample sizes in the NFL. I think with Higgins, he plays a lot faster than what he tested, and it's just up to NFL teams to determine what really matters when you're looking at his athletic profile. But 
I, I think because it's such a deep receiver class and there are questions with Higgins, he's not a slam dunk first round pick like some no. people may think he is, which is why he could definitely be available in the top of the second round. And if he is available for all the reasons that Hoji explained, he's going to be, he's going to entice the Bengals. He has two years of elite production at Clemson. He has all the traits that you want to replace a potential AJ green, but he's still really young and he still has, he still has, the potential to develop into something more and they don't need somebody to start right away unless they experience injuries again. So I think in terms of a long-term contingency plan for an outside option to replace what AJ Green brings, who's also a better athlete than Odd Tate, Higgins is one of the best players that they could draft to, to fill those roles. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, John, let me ask you something. Now this uh, explosiveness or athleticism that he is not the greatest in, with a guy like Burrow that throws guys open with the great anticipation and the, and the making the windows, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't we see an Auden Tate or a Higgins prosper with a Burrow the way maybe they wouldn't prosper? I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, Manning, for instance, or guys like that who had that great anticipation and knew how to throw into a space instead of waiting for the receiver to get separation. Right. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, time. And, no, and- I come with time, but 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 the thing about Burrow, Oji, and John can back me up on this. He naturally, he has the. I don't want to say naturally. Maybe he learned as a child from his dad, who's a coach. You know, he has the instincts. It's not even about, you know, he has that. He has very advanced stuff. Now it will take a while to it will take a while to you know get adjusted to the NFL level of a speed and the windows and all that. But he has that, and uh, he's not a you know a guy who is going to depend on looking at the route tree and, you know, looking at his receiver and, and getting separation, he, he will find, he will know, you know, how to get the guys open. So I think the lack of athleticism or lack of a speed would not be a big problem uh, playing with Burrow. No, because that's how, that, I mean, that's what Burrow loved to do at LSU. It would be back shoulder fade after back shoulder fade after in-breaking route. This is exactly what T. Higgins did well in Clemson. He has a big body to shield defenders out either at the, catch point or on those in breaking routes where you don't need to be this quick and speed receiver that's much more for gaining separation on those outside routes and we'll have to see how this offense kind of evolves in terms of the passing game with burrows the quarterback because you want to implement a lot of route concepts that the quarterback likes to do well specifically early on his career i think if you want to have a a, a good learning curve get you know acclimating burrow into the nfl you surround him with players that can win with in the ways that burrow you know, had his receivers win in college. And that, and that's why Higgins has value to a team like the Bengals if he has to play early. I think if you put him in another situation where you're forcing to win, you know, more like a traditional receiver and more in, in, in just other ways where he has to utilize more of that speed and explosion that he doesn't really have necessarily, he could run into some trouble, which is why I think there would be some teams that might be scared. But at the end of the day, you know, size, speed, ball skills, the, the, those players typically go early. And that's why he's not probably leaving the top 40. Yeah, I mean, uh, all very good points, John. But uh, I know that you are a big believer in offensive linemen. And you say they are almost as important as other players. No, he says they're just just as... Even though they don't touch the ball, you say they still play a big role on the team. I mean, that's like saying the walls of your house aren't important because you don't walk on them. That's a good point. John, John, did you ever say that? Because you should. You should use that in one of your articles. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like it's been copyrighted already. Yeah. That's a really good one, Hoji. TM. Yeah. Wow. Hoji's been following John's articles pretty closely. I follow everything, and it's my job. I get paid for this. That's true. That's true. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So look, speak, uh, speaking of, we do have two patrons somehow. $3 a, a month. They are patronizing us with, to the tune of $3 a month. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know why they're giving us money, but they are. Fine, man. That's how you yeah. show your love in That's a capitalistic true. society. You give, That's you give, true. you give. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you think about it, we're probably making as much as ESPN anchors now. I mean, the ones that, you know, that working at home and stuff. So that's, that's pretty good. If you want to patronize us, you can do the same. You know, you go to patreon.com slash DHSports. But the point is, uh, John, I know that you want to go offensive line early in this draft. You want to get a potential guard, I think, maybe? Or, you, yeah. Yeah, they should address it before round four at the very least because they didn't necessarily solve any of their problems in free agency. They they signed Xavier Suofilo, who was going to compete for that spot, but he doesn't really excite any. He shouldn't really excite anybody as a, a solution as a starter. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to address it in a way that they're going to find somebody who can compete at right guard, but also has the ability to play tackle and. You could either draft a college tackle and move him into guard, or you can draft someone who has the potential to play both and who has played both. I think if they would address it in the second round, it would only be for a guy that they would have a clear first-round ground, a guy that just happens to fall out of the first round. And the the best the best scenario I can think of is Josh Jones, who's the offensive tackle out of Houston. Uh, he's pretty much the consensus offensive tackle number five. There's going to be four tackles that go probably in the top 15, and it's kind of a mystery of where Jones is going to go 
in the rest of the first round, but it's possible that he does fall the first round. Crazy, crazier things have happened. There's been runs on other positions where there's just a, a handful of players that should have gone the first round. They just don't happen. Anyways, if Jones falls out of the first round, I think he's a prime target for the Bengals. They saw him down at the senior bowl. He played left tackle, right tackle, and right guard down there. Those are their three biggest needs in terms of what they need at depth and what they need for starters. Jones was a four-year starter at Houston. He's got incredible play strength. He's got great size at 6'5", 320 pounds. Good enough length to survive a tackle. I think the the best trait about him is his hands. He plays with great inside and strong hands. He's not going to lose the leverage battle. He plays very low for his size. The only issues with him is that at Houston – Obviously, it's a little bit of a different offense than what you would see out of the SEC or any any other programs like that. They passed the ball a ton, but they didn't have a lot of true pass sets. And what that what I mean by that is they didn't go into a lot of 45, to 45 degree or vertical sets in pass protection. So his footwork is very raw for what you would expect a 22, 23 year old player coming into the NFL w- would like to be. I think Pro Football Focus only charted him with 35 true pass sets. So there's a lot there's a lot of athleticism to this game. And he's able to get out in space and create space when pass protection. So the athleticism and the ability to do it is there, but the experience of actually doing it at at the level that you would you know you would do it in the professional level, that experience is not there. So that's why he could potentially <laughs> further than what you would expect. And if he does slip enough to to the Bengals pick at, at 33 overall, I think they're going to look at all of his other traits. It's just going to be too enticing to pass up at that point. He has the versatility to play inside and outside. I think they would love to have their hands on him to to develop him into what he can be. It's just going to be a matter of if he's able to get that footwork down at a consistent level, he's going to be well worth that pick. Very, Very interesting. Interesting. So do you think, you know, I mean, you look at, I know, I know, John, you're going to roll your eyes, but, you know, like Obwehi, for instance, was considered i know i know but i mean he, he was considered a guy that need to be developed and we had no idea how and maybe he didn't have the potential to be developed but do you feel more confident in jim turner of developing you know because this guy he, he needs to put some more meat on his bones and he needs to yet you, you know the, he has a lot to like you said footwork and other things um do you think that turner is the guy to turn this guy into an a star uh, yeah, I think I think Jim Turner has the base capability of doing that. I, the 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 the, the wow, well, the differences between Abuehi and Jones that Abuehi was just soft. Like he had the size, he had the athleticism, he didn't have yes. any of the strength to absorb power in the NFL. He didn't have he any of dummy bear. No, he like dummy bear. You, you saw. I mean, when when Josh Jones went down to the Senior Bowl, one of the main problems with him was, was also he didn't face a lot of NFL-ready pass rushers. His yeah. start to schedule at Houston was very soft. He came down to the senior bowl. He played the best seniors down there, and he was dominant, man. He, he was able to do everything that you saw at Houston, also at a high level against much better players. The difference between a boy he and a guy like Jones is that Jones already has the base functional strength to function in the NFL, or boy he needed to completely redevelop that. He didn't have the the, the drive and the motivation to develop into something like that. That's why he fell off. I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem with Jones. Jones's main problem is just reworking that footwork to just a competent level. As soon as you get that, the athleticism that a boy he had, that's there for that's there for Jones. Maybe not at that level, but definitely bigger, more more size, more strength, more actual functional play strength, more functional hand usage. I mean, he's he's a much much better prospect than Cedric Boy he was coming out. The Bengals had this whole other concept about what a way he was that just did not match what reality was. So in, in that offensive line coach, Paul Alexander is out of the picture. Obviously Marvin Lewis is yeah. out of the picture. Everybody who yeah. 
invested in a boy he is basically gone like i i i, yeah. I, I still they've have been jim that's what we say we say they've been abwayed like like yeah. i still have slight concerns about jim turner but i don't think that jones is so far off where a guy like turner wouldn't be able to develop him no okay no. We're, talking, we're talking gummy bear versus rock candy scenario that's what we okay say. that's good you know i'll tell you this john i like the line i like our offensive line i'm not saying we shouldn't get somebody but you gotta get you got to get someone yeah i know but i think you let me ask you yeah 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 i i bought an iphone 11 pro plus okay okay and uh it's okay i like it now am i not gonna get a case for that phone you're gonna get a, a high caliber expensive qb like burrow and not protect him a he might get hurt but even worse than getting hurt what if he's not successful quickly enough and he yeah. loses his mojo he loses his okay. time yeah not no, no, no. i'm not saying he shouldn't have a guy i'm going to start smoking small long I, I like i like a lot of stick, like a like a hollywood movie star and we don't want yeah. that we want That's the cigar bro not the cigarette bro okay well, I mean, I'm just saying I see a lot of uh, potential on the offensive line. Jonah Williams is going to be back. I see – and the thing about offensive lines, and John might disagree, is you don't have to have a bunch of first-round picks or uh, stars. You know, sometimes you just need that – you need them to have that chemistry. So sometimes you put the uh, guys together. A couple of them are really talented. A couple of them are kind of talented. And they find that cohesion. They find that identity. They find that communication as an offensive line, and that's enough to protect your quarterback, to get the running game going. John, do you agree? To an extent. I feel like the Bengals had cohesion and chemistry when Russell Bodine was here, but he would still lose one out of every three pass protection reps. And Well, 2015, we had one of the best offensive lines. Even even still then, he was a bad player. and he still Yeah, but I'm saying the offensive line was still kind of good. But, but what I'm saying is that you could have four – solid players on the offensive line and one really, really big weakness, and then teams can expose that weakness very I, quickly. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think we have a Bodine on the team right now. Bobby Hart. Well, he's not going to be a starting. We don't know that. He's going to compete with Fred Johnson, but he, he could still win. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, yeah, we need to replace him. We should draft someone like Zach Jones or Josh Jones or something. You know. Uh, okay, so I'm sorry, but... Um, the reason that I, I, I called him Zach Jones and not Josh Jones is because I want to talk about my guy. Wait, wait before is... you go to your guy, before you go to your guy, can I just set up something here? Yeah. Anybody know what's happening with Andrew Whitworth next year? Because there was he like signed with the Rams. He signed. Okay. Okay, go on now. Forget yeah, that. So so look, uh, I was going to say offensive line, we definitely need to update, upgrade. Uh doesn't have to be in the second round though. I would like us to see. Uh, like to see us get a linebacker early for once. It's been a very long time. And I think uh, linebacker is not, uh, I mean, we technically don't have enough linebackers. No, we don't. I mean, it's like we just, in a lot of different directions we could go in terms of linebacker we take. I'd like to see one early. Yeah. And I'm thinking someone like Zach Bond from yeah. Wisconsin. And why am I thinking him? Yeah. This guy, this guy is a thumper, okay? He, he is a guy who is going to be solid in the run game. He gets penetration, gets the quarterback, and he has athleticism to cover uh, tight ends running backs. He has that quickness. You know, he's a little undersized, 
but that just makes him, and I know who's going to like this, more of a Rudy type figure. You know? yeah, yeah, very important character yeah. in football history, Rudy. Yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah. A lot of heart, a lot of heart, a lot of passion. Yeah. Um, and he. But, but Daniel, you're missing something here. Yeah. I mean, there's a good chance he won't be available, Zach. John, the, is that true? The Ravens have their eyes on him. Oh no, John. Yeah. Oh no. And if he's not available, may I may I propose an alternative? Please. Might even be be better in some ways. Talking about your Josh Oosh. Yeah. You heard about this Josh Oosh guy? John. He has Oochie. Well, we call him Oosh where I'm from. Now he's got he's got long arms. Since the dawn of time, Daddy O. Yeah. Human beings have valued human other human beings who have long arms. Really? Our ancestors, yes. Our ancestors, when they wanted to get fruit from the high tree, what would they do? They said you have long arms. Ushi's got that. Okay. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Okay. So does that. Bon have long arms? No, he doesn't. No. That's one of his weaknesses. Look it up. But I know Ushi has long arms. Go Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I'm really. John. Do your research, man. Okay. John, you went to the right. It's okay. It's okay. But look, so, um, <laughs> so I, the thing is, I like the idea, John, correct me, of, of Zach Bond being that kind of that leader in the linebacking core, you know, kind of that guy we rely on. Over time, once he you know gets adjusted to the NFL, um, and I think he's a little antsy to make plays. Sometimes he likes to; he's a little uh, eager, you know, a little bit disciplined. But I think he would get that with good coaching. I think Bon is incredibly intriguing for all the right reasons, and I think Cincinnati has their eyes on him for one specific reason in general: is that. That this, their defense is evolving. It's to a place where they want guys who are more versatile than they've ever b- been bringing in. So they need depth at edge rusher, right? They only have Dunlap, Hubbard, and Lawson. Lawson's entering a contract year. Um, yeah, Dun- Dunlap's getting older and older. They yeah. need guys who can rush the passer. Bond brings that. He's he's best yeah. as a pass rusher. That's, That's right. where he's most effective. Dunlap. Johnson. But also, Bond has the capability to play in space. He's a very natural and fluid athlete. He can he can you know operate in those short zones and coverage. He can you know diagnose plays in the run. He doesn't have a lot of experience playing off ball, but he has the athleticism to do it at a high level. I think what the Bengals are interested in is just playing him as a strong side linebacker, playing him up against the line of scrimmage, and having the offense not knowing how to identify him as. I mean, he's a box player, but they don't know if he's blitzing. They don't know if he's playing the run. They don't know exactly what his role is. I think that's the player that they kind of want to fill out the rest of that front seven, a guy who can be a 34 off uh, outside linebacker, if you will, a guy who can rush the passer, but can also drop back into coverage, a guy who you can't really, that's what the Bengals have had such an issue playing the Ravens because their linebackers are basically positionless players. They're either blitzing, they're either dropping back in coverage. You don't exactly know what their roles. They're not traditional linebackers. And that's exactly what Zach Bond is. He's not a traditional linebacker. He's a guy you can do multiple things with. He's a guy who's athletic enough to do everything that you ask him to do. If you ask him to be, a traditional linebacker and play him five yards off the ball. He's not going to be as effective as he would be playing up against the line of scrimmage because you're right. He's a great blitzer. He's a great pass rusher. He can, you know, knife through tackles and knife, knife through gaps and make plays in the run game. That's where he wins. And if you want to play him early, you should do him like that and just kind of ease him into a traditional linebacker role. If that's yeah. the plan going forward. But I think they want him to be that versatile chess piece that they've always had to face the Ravens against. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if the Ravens are interested in a linebacker, that's a really good sign. Yeah, Go ahead, and I will yeah. tell you, I will tell you, as, as as John said, he can play in space. Everybody knows the future is in space. He can that's play not, in a box. That's not what they mean. That's not what they mean when they say play in the space. But it's also kind of what they mean. 
It's really? kind of what they mean. And really? he can play in a box. He can play on a fox. I mean, the guy can play <laughs> anywhere is what he's not saying. So let me just... Now, I had my people look up uh, this... I, I had my people look up the stats. And it's true what you're saying about Bomb. He's good. His yeah. arms are one inch shorter about than yeah. Uche. Oji, can I remind you, we don't need people picking fruit for us. <laughs> but... What about if you need the arm length? You guys, you're not getting it. There's things you cannot buy in the store. There's but you're so big on, you're so big on Guru. He has tiny hands. Tiny arms too. He's only got 30 inch arms. Yeah. Nobody told me this. Have you changed your mind? Yes. But Burro's got small hands and arms? Yeah. This is not going to work, guys. We got to to have another show. He's got hearts. Rudy. Just remember Rudy. Burro's like a Rudy, okay? That's how you sell Hoji. John, that's how you sell Hoji on Burrow. You just mentioned Rudy. Look, <laughs> I want to go to the comment section. We have some comments here. Uh, Barry Hassett was saying, what about trading back, you know, for the second round pick? What about trading up? There's maybe the potential they trade up. John, the two, the put, you know, those two possible scenarios, trading up, trading back, with what kind of goals and, you know, you know what, what, who would we target and who would we kind of package? How many picks? Uh, they're not trading up. Yeah, probably not. They're not going to end the draft with less than seven picks. They might end the draft with more. And I think if the first round falls a certain way, they're going to be interested to trade back. It's all going to depend on what they receive as offers. But they've traded back, I think, in three of the last four second rounds in the the draft. So that's obviously something that they're familiar with. It's something they're comfortable with. They have precedence in terms of what the compensation should be. But they're like they don't normally end the draft with seven or fewer picks. So I think yeah. their goal is to get as much draft capital as possible. And, and quite honestly, unless there is a slam dunk prospect that's available at the top of the second round, I would advise them to trade back because the difference of what you're going to get at 33 and like 40 or 43 is not going to be that much different. You might yeah. miss out on a handful of guys that you had, yeah. your eyes on, but the but, value is going to be better. John, yeah. But it is a new day. I mean, I am convinced of it now with the way we are spent in free agency. And so the reason we wanted those draft picks is because draft picks are cheap, right? Uh, so, I mean, maybe they're not trying to hoard picks anymore. Maybe it's like, hey, we can actually get guys in free agency. We don't need like 11 draft picks and have three of the guys actually contribute. Maybe we want to, you know, less picks, uh, better picks. You never yeah, know. Yeah, but, but right now they only have like 63 guys on the roster and they, yeah. they're going to they're gonna want 90. And you don't yeah, want to have undrafted free agent. Like oh. they're gonna want as many draft picks as possible. Yeah. They, yeah. they 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 completely wipe this roster clean. Which it's, is the, it's what they needed to do, but they need yeah. to compensate for the, all the people that they lost. Yeah. You know, guys, I want to bring something up. Um, we have the highest viewership we've ever had. Just so you know, we had 20 people at one point, and we have 16 right now. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, it seems like for some reason people are in their homes and watching more YouTube. Apparently, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and okay. So I want to go to the next question, which is about the backup, and and uh, Barry suggests Josh McCown, but it seems backup like Philly, about here? backup quarterback. Yeah, it seems like Philly is going to be on the roster. Am I right, John? Yeah, I think. I'm not exactly sure what they did with McCown. I know that he like broke his entire chest. During the playoff game or something like that. Yeah, but he does. Um, he can still slam dunk the ball if he wants, you know. Yeah, of course he's that athletic to do. Um, I don't think the backup for Burrow is that important, to be honest with you. I don't think he's a player that needs that type of lead leader in, in 
as yeah, but 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 McCown is like an A plus backup. Let's be honest. I mean, in yeah, terms of demeanor, how much, how, much, how much do you want to spend on that though? They don't oh, have I, I foresee a draft pick backup. I mean, we already thing. got Finley. No, they're not going to get it. They are. They liked Finley. Finley can't Finley. do it, man. No, Finley games last year. It doesn't I mean, matter. Finley was it doesn't a, matter. It, it doesn't matter if Burrow doesn't play. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. We're not going to win with any of these backups, and 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 Finley, you know, Finley. Let's be honest. Yeah, he had a terrible start, but uh, I don't know what the reason was. But there's a lot of pressure on him uh, in, in terms of pass rush. Uh, it was it was crazy, and so I don't know if he didn't have the timing or whatever it was. I mean, Finley is a backup quarterback. He's a guy who can come in, throw it to the running backs, you know, for like half a quarter or something. I, I had a lot of hope in Finley. I did, but it just didn't yeah. work, man. It wasn't a good groove. No, no. Who knows? Maybe uh, we can get AJ back. McKinnon. Maybe. You never he signed know. with the Texans. He resigned? Yeah. Good for oh. him. Good for him. He deserves it. He actually had a not so bad year in the few times he got to play. He wasn't so bad. He got some touchdowns. You go, AJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and speaking of going, a question, Mike Rosen, uh, where will Dalton end up? Really, at this point, Dalton, let's be honest. He's going to be cut free, and he's going to be able to sign wherever he wants. I imagine he's going to get a higher backup deal, yep. you know, maybe highly incentivized. Maybe, uh, you know, one of those two-year, $10 million dealers that can escalate to, like, 15 20 if he gets enough playing time or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe go to a team with an older a starter or a younger player. You know, you never know. But I don't think he's getting traded. I think that's done. You know, especially with Cam Newton available now, right? Mm-hmm. So why is Cam Newton available? That makes no sense. This guy is so talented. Why? Why would you not just take him? Because he's, he's taken a beating in his career. He's and vegan. Did people not vegan. get that? Oh, he's vegan. Yes. Oh. We are indestructible. People, people do not understand. We're not we like you guys. Yeah. We do not eat animal products. We, okay. we, don't, we, we are like we just keep coming back because we're vegan, man. But you are also an out of work uh, quarterback coach, Reggie. Well, now you're just being rude. No, 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 no. I'm saying maybe the vegan diet over time it breaks you down. Maybe you break down over time. I don't know, John. Let's go to John. You're asking me about vegan diets? Yeah. But I don't have one. Yeah, see, and look at John. Look how beautiful and successful and analytical John has become. Well, anyways, I would take Cam Newton if I were any team looking for a seasoned quarterback who can think on the run, yeah. who's a leader, who's got right. great qualities. I think he's an underrated guy uh, ahead of him. That's just my opinion. I don't think we need a Cam Newton, that's for sure. No, no, not us. Yeah. But, but uh, like, why don't the Patriots take him? I have no idea. I don't know. I hate I, to say I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Bill Belichick wants to read Cam Newton's texts and whatever hieroglyphs that he uses to write out things. So that's just me, though. Yeah, he's, he, that's true. It's a personality thing. That's true. Yeah. Personality matters in the NFL. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we have a record number of viewers right now, 21 viewers, but we are out of things to say which means we will have to do this again. We will try to do this uh, very soon. Rounds three, four, five, uh, known as the mid-rounds, and then we'll do the late rounds after that. But, uh, John, any final arguments? I got nothing left, man. I'm so exhausted. He rests his case. 
It was a 41 minute show. Rest our guys. We squeezed all. I'm going to need a reliever at this point. Okay. There's nobody in the bullpen. Yeah. All right. A great show. And we will catch you next time. Bye bye.